Access Division 33, the official podcast of Division 33 of the American Psychological Association, a group of professionals dedicated to science and practice in the area of intellectual and developmental disabilities and autism spectrum disorder. In each episode, we'll speak with a different member of our division, discussing their work and why it's important to the lives of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities and those who support them. and welcome to Access Division 33. I'm Laurel Benjamin, a member of Division 33 and your host for today. Today, we'll be talking about autism and anxiety with Dr. Nielsen Chan. Dr. Chan is a postdoctoral fellow in the Department of Psychology at Loma Linda University and has worked in both inpatient and outpatient settings, providing evidence-based mental health treatments and psychological assessment for youth and families. Dr. Chan's research examines co-occurring psychiatric conditions among individuals on the autism spectrum, and he is particularly dedicated to understanding co-occurring anxiety in young children with ASD. Welcome, Dr. Chan. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about your research. All right. Well, firstly, I do want to acknowledge my mentors in my recent research, you know, especially Dr. Camille Nice at Loma Linda University and Dr. Rachel Fanning at CSU Fullerton. You know, they have played a big role in guiding and collaborating with me in my work. So I just wanted to acknowledge them first. Now, to answer your question, you know, a lot of my interests focus on understanding and supporting individuals on the autism spectrum, especially those with co-occurring psychiatric disorders with a special focus on anxiety. So a lot of previous research has demonstrated that individuals with autism are at a higher risk for experiencing anxiety compared to those with neurotypical development. But most of the studies to date on anxiety and autism have focused on those who are school-aged or older, as well as those without an intellectual disability. So actually not a lot is known about anxiety during early childhood, especially for those who also have an intellectual disability. So that's what a lot of my most recent research has focused on, you know, capturing the prevalence and the manifestations of anxiety among preschool-aged children with autism, you know, both those with and without an intellectual disability. What are some challenges that come up when examining ASD and anxiety in this population? Sure. Well, first, just to give maybe a little bit of context, you know, when we think about anxiety, I think it's important to think about how it manifests developmentally and what it means to have clinically significant experiences of anxiety. So, you know, at an early age, you know, it's fairly typical for young children to experience some level of anxiety, especially separation anxiety, you know, when they are away from their caregivers, for example, or, you know, to have some very specific fears like, you know, fears of the dark or fears of heights. You know, now as people grow older and, you know, cognitive capacities increase, you know, we may have different kinds of worries or different kinds of anxieties, such as maybe like social anxiety, where we are more concerned about what other people think about us. Now, while it's normal for all individuals to experience some level of anxiety, you know, when the anxiety becomes, you know, so severe or frequent or persistent that it really starts to impair how we go through our day-to-day lives, you know, we start thinking about whether or not there might be an anxiety disorder. So, you know, as clinicians and as researchers, you know, there are different ways that we may go about measuring anxiety and clinical manifestations of anxiety. So as, you know, we, as we kind of mentioned earlier, the specific population that I am focusing on in my research is 
preschoolers with autism and those who may also have an intellectual disability, you know, many of whom have cognitive or language delays. So this makes the assessment process maybe a, a bit more complicated. So, you know, one thing to consider firstly is that anxiety, a lot of the time is an internalized kind of experience. And young children, especially those in preschool, are still developing the skills to identify and to articulate these internal experiences of anxiety. Now, throw in autism and possible language or cognitive delays, and this becomes more difficult. So for assessing anxiety in, in young children, we really have to rely on collateral informants like a parent or a teacher to report unobserved behaviors that are commonly associated with anxiety. You know, things like you know, if a child is very clingy or avoidant of situations or even having tantrums, right? So current gold standard guidelines for assessing anxiety in children with autism include having a multi-informant, so having, for example, parent and teacher report, as well as multi-method strategies, such as you know, completing a rating scale or having a semi-structured diagnostic interview in addition, right? And so an additional layer of complexity in the assessment process kind of comes in when it involves differentiating whether behaviors or symptoms that are observed are better attributable to anxiety, to autism, or to both, right? So for instance, you know, when we notice that a child is avoiding social situations, for example, maybe like avoiding birthday parties, family gatherings, play dates, all of these kind of different social situations, you know, we might wonder, is that due to autism? You know, is that due to a social anxiety? Or maybe it's both, right? And this is important because the current edition of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the DSM, you know, for psychiatric disorders requires that a diagnostician rule out an anxiety disorder if symptoms are better explained by another condition such as autism. So we have to be very careful in teasing apart these symptoms and behaviors during the assessment process. Interesting. So tell us more about what you did in your research. Sure. Well, some of the main questions that I was recently interested in exploring involved, you know, one, what does anxiety look like in preschool age children with autism, right? Like, how does it manifest? And secondly, are preschoolers with autism at a greater risk for anxiety compared to those with neurotypical development? So what we did was we recruited a sample of preschool age children with autism, as well as those with neurotypical development as a comparison group. Now, in our group with autism, about two-thirds also had a co-occurring intellectual disability. And as I mentioned earlier, we took a multi-informant and multi-method approach to assessing anxiety. You know, we had parents and teachers complete questionnaires measuring anxiety symptoms, you know, specifically the Child Behavior Checklist, the CBCL, and the Spence Preschool Anxiety Scale. We also administered a semi-structured diagnostic interview, the KSADS, um, you know, with the parent, to determine whether the child met criteria for an anxiety disorder. And our clinicians received specific training on distinguishing developmentally appropriate fears from those that were clinically impairing, as well as on differentiating and considering the overlap between symptoms of anxiety and autism. It sounds like this multi-method approach was well-designed to capture and perhaps even disentangle symptoms of anxiety and autism. So what did you find? Yeah, well, consistent with the research that has been done with school-aged children and adolescents, you know, we saw higher rates of anxiety in our preschool-age sample with autism, and specifically uh, almost 70% met criteria for at least one anxiety disorder. 
And the most prevalent anxiety disorders in our sample included DSM classifications of specific phobia and separation anxiety disorder. And, and there were also smaller percentages who met criteria for social anxiety disorder and generalized anxiety disorder as well. But so far, you know, this is fairly consistent with the broader developmental psychopathology literature, which suggests that anxiety tends to manifest more as specific fears and separation anxiety at younger ages. However, one interesting finding involved the range of phobias that was endorsed in the group with autism. So over a third of that sample had a phobia that had some kind of sensory component that appeared to overlap with some of the core features of autism, you know, specifically the sensory aversion piece. You know, examples included maybe expressed anticipatory fears of things like blenders, you know, vacuums, loud restaurants, you know, things that elicited this kind of loud noise. But aside from that, you know, our, research, our, our, our results also indicated that our preschoolers with autism also exhibited a number of fears that are you know, maybe not quite as idiosyncratic. You know, things that we also saw in our group um, with neurotypical development, things like fears of needles, you know, insects, heights, fears of the dark, right? And so as I mentioned, we also had a comparison group, you know, the, the group of children with neurotypical development. And what we found was that across both, you know, across different ways of capturing and measuring anxiety, the questionnaire measures, you know, and interview formats, parents rated children with autism to exhibit significantly higher levels of anxiety symptoms and higher rates of diagnosable anxiety disorders. Um, interestingly, though, teachers noted no significant differences in anxiety between those with and without autism. But, you know, bringing all of this together, you know, nonetheless, our research suggests that children with autism are experiencing high rates of clinically significant anxiety, you know, starting even at an early age. And, you know, this really communicates a high need for anxiety intervention early on and, you know, I think a good direction for future research. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you for doing this work. It's been a pleasure. Please tune into our next episode when we interview another leader in the field of IDD and AST research. If you'd like to suggest a topic for a future episode, please visit our Division 33 website at www.division33.org and use our contact page with the subject line podcast. To all those professionals working with children and families, thank you for the work you do. And to those individuals with IDD and ASD and those who support them, we're here to help.